no one wants to think about how can I make it better? How can I improve my operations, right? Especially in the marketing world where there's so much talk about the words and creativity and people, you know, that's what people want to focus on. So we don't really look at the operational side of things. And now with everyone working remote, suddenly that became an important topic and people started to, you know, really carefully look at what their processes looks like, where can time, you know, fall through the cracks of of those inefficient processes. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaSDoc. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be chatting to this week's guest about what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today. We're counting down to SaaSDoc EMEA, which is taking place in October from the 12th to the 15th. It's gonna be the most actionable online conference for B2B SaaS founders, executive and investors in Europe, Middle East and Africa. Fancy joining us? Use the code SASREVOLUTION for 20% off your ticket. Hope to see you there. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show. Ksenia Muntian is the CEO founder of Planable. Welcome, Ksenia. Thank you so much, Alex, for having me on the show. Yeah, great to have you. Great to have you. Uh, as we were just saying, um, have been seeing you around, you know, in the, in, in the SaaS space for the last couple of years and speaking at a few events and uh, uh, and so on, some other uh, other press. Um, and uh, so it's really great to have you uh, on the SaaS Doc Show. For those that don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about, uh, about yourself uh, and who you are? Yeah, definitely. So I'm the CEO and co-founder of Planable, uh, which is a collaboration platform for social media teams to work together on content. And I started the company about four years ago. And prior to that, um, I actually had my own social media marketing agency. So I've been in the advertising world uh, for uh, for a long time. And I was obsessed with the ad world since I was a teenager. Uh, so I'm very happy to finally build something that will help the industry overall. Um, yeah, with Planable, we've been working with, um, you know, thousands of teams from across the world. Um, and I could mention a few of the brands that we've worked with, such as Jaguar, Land Rover, Hyundai, um, Cristiano Bhutan, United Nations. And we're helping all of those teams to simplify and uh, speed up the way they are planning and collaborating and approving content for social. Um, and are you, uh, are you a solo founder? Have you got co-founders? Yeah, luckily I have co-founders. So I have two co-founders, actually, the more the better. (laughs) Um, So I have two co-founders. One is our CTO, uh, Nick. Uh, He also worked in the industry before Planable. Um, So web developer, he's seen, you know, other social media managers in the industry struggling with spreadsheets. And he thought that, you know, this should probably be improved. Um, And uh, my second co-founder, Vlad, uh, he also worked in the agency uh, space and also very, you know, has struggled with the problem it, himself. Uh, and where, whereabouts are you based? Yeah, so we have two offices in Eastern Europe. Um, though we're selling, most of our customers are based in the US. Uh, we're managing to uh, build, uh, you know, a business out of uh, Eastern Europe. And I think, you know, with everything that's happening today, that is becoming, you know, easier and easier to build a business remote. Are you currently remote and away from the office or have you gone back to the office or did you never leave? And no, we left. We did leave. Uh, so we have, uh, I'm currently based in Bucharest and I, uh, we have a team here. Uh, so we did leave. Um, we spent entire spring and a, a part of the summer uh, in, in lockdown and working from home. Um, but eventually 
we made, you know, each uh, team member made a decision personally. And, uh, you know, a lot of us are back to the office. Uh, we just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> we kind of missed the social, you know, conversations. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we're definitely having those conversations in, in, internally at SASOC and other companies. I'm sure everybody's having that there. Uh, initially, the, the idea of remote so was very exciting, uh, not for all, but for, for some. And, uh, and now people kind of really miss that. Uh, I think that engagement and yeah. conversations that happen, you know, face to face. And what about, like, did you take venture capital or your bootstraps? Yeah, so we did. Uh, we did take some venture capital. We actually had our first investment. We had it very early on in our business. It was like a, a family fund. Uh, type of investment, angel ticket level. And then we went through an accelerator, uh, Techstars in London. So we, we took an investment from them. And then um, about a year ago, we closed our seed round. So we are, uh, we are, yeah, we're funded. Okay. And what, what is the plan now? You've done your seed round. Um, what, what was the plan? Like we get this money, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, so attacking more of the U.S. market, that was definitely uh, one of the reasons why we decided to raise, um, double down on uh, on enterprises. Uh, we started getting quite a lot of traction in the enterprise space. And we, you know, most of our growth up to that point, most of our growth up to raising that seed round came just from, you know, self-serve, uh, organic, inbound. So we decided to invest more in sales. Uh, more in marketing and more into penetrating the the enterprise market, and then another uh, another reason why we decided to do that is to expand the product. So we have a good head start um, offering collaboration uh, to social media teams, and the next step is to take over the entire content marketing um, uh, mix uh, in terms of offering a collaboration tool, not just for social content but for everything uh, content marketing. You, you mentioned you mentioned. Um... So far, that obviously you've got a lot of US customers and yeah. with the seed round, the plan to attack even further in the US. So it's, it's a big market, right? Uh, the biggest market out there. Um, I guess kind of pre-COVID, yeah. how, how were you doing that? Um, <laughs> you, you know, from, from Bucharest to, to the US. So like, did you have a team over there or was it, you know, you you know staying up late or just flying over, over to the US? And now you also mentioned it's getting easier. Can you elaborate a little bit on, on how it's getting easier to sell to these global markets? Yes. Uh, so before COVID, uh, we were doing a lot of inside sales. So we didn't have, uh, and we still don't have a team uh, in the US. Um, and we're not planning to have it, you know, in the near uh, near time future. Um, we were selling, you know, just over Zoom, basically closing. And the contract sizes are, you know, small enough uh, to make sense to close them over Zoom. We did travel quite a lot to conferences and, you know, that kind of stuff, but more for like uh, building the pipeline, you know, getting new leads and so on. Now what's changed, I feel like it doesn't really matter where you are right now. Uh, it kind of leveled the playing field a bit for a lot of startups that are not based in uh, major hubs such as, you know, the Silicon Valley or, or New York. Um, it doesn't really matter where you are because, you know, everyone's, most of the people are working from home. So uh, you're not missing on any opportunities if you're not, you know, based in, in New York or in, in San Francisco, where, you know, before COVID being there, you know, gave you a huge advantage, uh, you know, just ad hoc events that were happening, you know, ad hoc opportunities. Now everything is online. So it doesn't really matter if you're based in New York or if you're based in, um, I don't know, in somewhere in Eastern Europe or 
uh, somewhere in, in Australia. It, it doesn't really uh, matter. So I, I think that it leveled the playing field in that regard. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and so Planable is a marketing collaboration platform. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. So in your experience, what does it take for a marketing team to be successful? Yeah, so I'll tell you my story of how I was unsuccessful <laughs> in my previous uh, social media marketing agency, and then I'll, I'll tell you what we do to fix that. Um, so before Planable, as I mentioned, I had I was leading my own agency, and the way we were collaborating on, collaborating on content, both internally but also externally with clients, uh, was in a very fragmented and very time-wasting pro- uh, process. Uh, operationally, we were using spreadsheets. Uh, we were planning content inside a spreadsheet that was being shared, you know, in, over email, lots of back and forth, lots of, you know, messages, uh, lots of copy pasting and, and a lot of tedious tasks. Um, and there's a, a, a few particularities around social media planning um, that, that really make the job difficult when you're working in uh, spreadsheets. And the first of them is you're working with very visual, moving, graphic content that cannot be presented in a, in a good way inside a spreadsheet. The spreadsheet is not visual enough. So that's the first difficulty that we're solving with Planable, where we give um, social media managers an environment where they can create content and they can actually, what you see is what you get, you know, the WYSIWYG model, uh, where you can actually visualize how your content is going to look like while you're creating it. So there's no misunderstandings inside the team. You know, every, you know, it, it's really where you, you know, it's really clear where you're going to get in the end. And everyone is literally on the same page and aligned with what the post is going to look like. So that's, you know, the first thing that you got to have a very visible um, process and a very visible way of working together as a team so that you're successful when you're collaborating. And then the second part is just about efficiency, t- trying to eliminate as much of the tedious copy pasting, uh, you know, tedious, boring tasks that are involved in, in content planning. For example, um, you know, if you're working in spreadsheets, uh, once, you know, that spreadsheet, that editorial calendar is approved, you then have to schedule it. So you do a lot of copy pasting from that spreadsheet to some other uh, to some other tool, or if you're a bit more technically savvy, you might use Zapier and integrate your Google's sheet with some scheduling tool, but it's, you know, it's a hack. Uh, so it doesn't really, you know, in long term it doesn't scale. Uh, so you got to work uh, on the content in the same platform you're, where you're actually scheduling the content and you got to have your approvals and your conversations and your communication all in the same place for the sake of efficiency. Um, and the last part is just coordination, uh, because, you know, where when there's a lot of, you know, stakeholders involved in the process. And I remember in my agency days, I had multiple people that I was communicating with from the client side. They had to take a look at content. Um, one was calling me. Another one was emailing me. It was just a very we were very misaligned. Uh, so I think that's a major thing that you need to implement in order to have a proper collaboration process. And I think that's even crucial now with everyone working from home, uh, you know, and everyone is at the same table, you're more or less aligned when everyone is trying to make it work over Zoom and Slack. Uh, there's a lot of room for miscommunication and misalignment. So I think trying to bring everyone in the same place is, again, uh, super important for, for a good process. Yeah, I guess elaborating on that point in terms of what does like marketing teams sort of collaboration look like now, this year, 
Um, what are the changes that you've seen and all, some of the best practices uh, around that? Yes, I think this year, in the past six months, I've seen uh, teams really, really taking seriously operations more than ever. <laughs> like one day they realize that, you know, they do not have so many things in place. Whilst before that, operations and processes are not a sexy thing, right? Like no one wants to think about how can I make it better? How can I improve my operations, right? Especially in the marketing world where there's so much talk about the words and creativity and people, you know, that's what people want to focus on. So we don't really look at the operational side of things. And now with everyone working remote, suddenly that became an important topic and people started to, you know, really carefully look at what their processes looks like, uh, where can time, you know, fall through the cracks of, of those inefficient processes. And another trend that I've seen in parallel with that is um, I feel like marketers are accelerating the building up their tech stack more than ever right now. I feel like there's more tools being added into their um, t- uh, tech stack than it was before, just trying to digitalize the way they communicate, just trying to improve the way they gather feedback as an organization, the way they plan uh, you know, uh, their efforts as a department. Uh, so those are the two um, the two trends that I've seen in the past six months that are relevant. What does, if you don't mind sharing, what does your marketing tech stack look like? Yeah, sure. So we have a bunch of tools that we're we're using internally. Um, we use Inner Trends uh, for analytics, marketing funnels, basically. Um, Mixpanel for product analytics, Intercom for customer service, SendGrid for newsletters and you know customer conversations, customer emails. Um, and we use Sansama, which is a tool for task management uh, for us as a team. It's a very kind of simplified and easy to use version of Asana, I would say. Okay, it sounds like Asana um, <laughs> as well. Um, what would you say, like? What what advice you know, if, if any, like, could you give to marketers this year in, in terms of how to adapt marketing or, or SaaS companies how to adapt their marketing? Yeah, I think um, in terms of adapting their marketing, I think um, figuring out ways of scaling content production during this period of time is is extremely crucial. And I think that's going to rely a lot on them being very, very flexible with resources, right? Like with freelancers, with contractors, um, with probably uh, building more low-key type of content, right? Like more authentic and relatable, you know, iPhone, uh, you know, just shot that on my iPhone type of content. That is also, I think, uh, well-received by the audiences right now. Um, and and that's basically, you know, the only way you can actually do it right now. You can't really, you know, take an entire team and, you know, do commercials in a studio anymore. Uh, so just being flexible and kind of like adopting this agile startup mentality where you, you do it with the resources that you have at the moment. Um, I think that's the only way you can continue doing marketing in 2020 in terms of content production. What, what, what are some of the, uh, if you think back to when you're obviously founding the company to, to now, uh, some of the sort of like one or two key lessons that you've learned uh, along the way that you'd be happy to share? So I think one key lesson that was extremely important for us as a milestone and as just a piece of knowledge was never settling. I think that's something that we like, you know, it is our 
um, one of our values at, at Planable, just, you know, always going the extra mile with customer service, uh, with marketing, with design, uh, with our product development. It's, it's never good enough. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest lessons that, that uh, you know, um, I, I've learned building Planable. And another one is probably, um, you know, it's kind of, they contradict themselves in a way. Um, it's, you know, perfect is the enemy of good. I think we overdid it a bit at the same time with the never settling. Um, so I think, you know, you got to balance it. Uh, I think that's the, the overall biggest lesson. <laughs> What, what what about I guess over the last few months and like with COVID and uh, I mean are you able to kind of share in any, any way you know how it sort of impacted you as a business and what you've learned as a leader uh, during this time? Um, so that might be an unexpected lesson, but uh, the lesson I took from uh, from this entire period of time is that you got to take you got to I personally as a leader. Um, need to learn to be more comfortable with taking risks, especially in uncertain uh, situations and uncertain times. Um, and, you know, there's a saying, you know, don't let the good crisis go to waste. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, at the beginning of this pandemic, I went into crisis mode very seriously. I did my, you know, budgets, my cash flows, my planning, and I was very, very serious of not spending more or not making any changes, just trying to weather the storm as much as possible. And I think I missed some opportunities. I mean, we did, you know, we piv- kind of like pivoted our positioning on our website. We um, launched resources for remote work. So we did all of that good stuff. But at the same time, I feel like we missed some opportunities because I was too careful and probably too cautious uh, with this entire pandemic. And we were in a good position, actually. So we were not in a position where we had to like cut costs of yeah. or do we, you know, we didn't do any layoffs and we did pause some investments just to see what's happening with the world. Um, but, you know, it was it, it wasn't as bad for us, nearly as bad as we expected. And I think that's one lesson that I took from this. You know, uh, you got, I got to be more uh, willing to take risks, even in risky uh, environments. Yeah, I guess having that uh, the, the good defensive play and a good offensive play at, at, the, at the same time, right? Yeah, true. Yes, exactly. Um, and then lastly, we, we always ask our guests uh, how they stay healthy and sane. I mean, running a business, is uh, it's never easy. Um, so w- what is your way? How have you managed to stay healthy and sane over the last few years? Yeah, barely. But <laughs> um, so I'm trying, I, I figured out that what works for me best is to get to go into the nature as much as possible. So and this summer I hiked quite a lot. So I, I go Um, there's beautiful mountains in Romania so I I go there and we hike and um, together with a couple of friends and it's uh, you release a lot of the bad energy when you struggle on you know hiking and climbing a mountain Uh, so it's good for your energy and it's good to just refresh Um, and uh, it's also a good place right now because it's kind of isolated there's not that many people out there right now uh, so that's that's my way of kind of surviving right now. So it's it's a good way. I'm, I'm thinking of a, a digital detox if I can this weekend. I don't have any Romanian mountains, but uh, 
we've got some okay beaches um, uh, near my house. So that's a good alternative. Um, I, I could do some like sand angels or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, uh, fun there. But uh, well, look, uh, it's been great uh, speaking to you. Where can people find you uh, online? Yeah, LinkedIn. Just connect with me. You know, drop me a message that you heard me on this podcast, and I'm more than happy to chat. Awesome, great stuff. Well, thanks so much for being a guest on the show, and look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks a lot, Alex. That was great chatting with you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. If you found it useful, why don't you join us at SaaS Locomia, which is our next online conference. We're expecting around 4,000 SaaS founders, execs, and VCs from the EMEA region, 12th to the 15th of October. It's online, so just grab your laptop, your desktop, uh, and join us. Uh, it's gonna be a great event full of uh, lots of content, workshops, roundtables, networking, matchmaking. You've gotta be there if you're in, uh, in SaaS uh, in EMEA uh, or interested in the EMEA region and SaaS companies and, uh, and VCs within that region. So wanna join us, don't forget to use our code for a podcast listeners, SaaS Revolution for 20% off your ticket. That's SAS Revolution for 20% off your ticket. Hope to see you there.